Welcome to a brand new podcast series where we ask Pastor Jeremy anything. I'm your host Natalia and the goal for this series is there are a lot of random thoughts connected to Christianity but do they have a theological backing? So let's get right into today's content. Welcome Pastor Jeremy. How are you feeling? Hi Natalia. So good to be back with this brand new series. I can't wait for what's coming up this way. Right. So there are two of these things that sound very quote unquote christiany but i just wanted to know if it has any theological backing if it does make sense or okay what is the right way of saying it then the first one being praise the lord any place you go you meet believers or sunday morning after service everyone's going around greeting people saying praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord heard that a lot but um is it okay to say that another mannerism is We say rest in peace when someone dies. Please expand. Yes, Natalia, praise the Lord. I think it's a translation because you hear it mostly here in India and a lot more in the north. I don't know if it's I don't know anything about the rest of the India, but I hear it a lot here in northern India and it's I think it's a translation because if you say uh Jamasiki or you say something like that, I mean the appropriate translation in English would be praise the Lord. Then when you look at the text if you look at the psalms there's a lot of uh psalms that begin with praise the lord but here's the deal it's not a greeting it's not a greeting it's a command it's an imperative when you say praise the lord it's either a worship leader or a psalmist or someone in the scripture saying uh, to the to the people of god saying to a family saying to someone uh, who's their audience saying come on give praise to god give give glory to god uh nothing wrong with saying that either but that's a context within which it needs to be said and it's not an everyday greeting uh i wouldn't say it's wrong in that it is something we should stop doing or never do but i would suggest an alternative which is a more purer and an an accurate greeting amongst believers in the first century church as well as uh you know in our lives today shalom would be a much better greeting shalom is the peace of god and when you have been uh forgiven by god and you are at peace with god you are able to extend peace to others so when i meet you i i i extend that umbrella that tent of forgiveness over you i extend that shawl of forgiveness over you and when i say peace to you or i say shalom uh that's a beautiful extension of the love of god forgiveness of god from god to someone from someone to someone else and uh, that would be an a much better appropriate greeting for believers and i think we have started it in our church we've started using shalom as the primary greeting and uh, it's just odd <laughs> it's just funny that people say praise the lord uh, i'm not going to knock it out of them because it's ingrained and there's a there's a habit there but i think shalom would work a lot better Let's go to your second question. The second question is another thing we have picked up from the world around us, the cultures around us, and people when people die, people say rest in peace or may his soul rest in peace. And we've seen it on grave stones, you see RIP. And I just want to tell you how incredibly wrong that is. To say rest in peace or may his soul rest in peace really comes from a, a theology that teaches that when a body dies, a body goes to the ground it is then rested in the ground this is i would say a non-christian but not a uh animistic form of um of life after death 
an understanding of life after death. That when the body dies, the soul somehow or the spirit somehow, they call it Bhatakti Atma or the soul seems to go through some wasteland searching for a place to rest as if the soul was to rest, the spirit was to rest. The scriptures very clearly teach to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the scriptures teach that the moment we die, we find ourselves in the presence of God, giving account for our lives, and God the judge will decide and has already decided which way we would go based on our faith in Christ. So what's happening the moment I close my eyes and my body begins to uh, decay and my soul is taken from me, my spirit is taken from me, the scriptures is very clear about that. And it's a great picture. It's a, it's a happy picture if, if you are in Jesus. Uh, there is no middle ground. There is no wasteland that you go through looking for a place to rest. The Hindu understanding of uh, the way Christians bury their dead is very disturbing to them because they feel that if you don't set the body on fire, and the fire is the way by which the spirit is released from the body, if you don't cremate, then the spirit is trapped in the body. So I can only imagine what they think of burials with RIP written on it. But we must go back to what the Bible teaches. And the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We find ourselves immediately standing before the Lord of life, the Lord of grace, and giving an account for our life. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, we die once and after that the judgment. So there's a clear linear timeline and of events that are going to happen the moment you close your eyes. And to say rest in peace is to adopt this false theology or this false understanding of life after death. And that is why it is inappropriate to say RIP. Can we go and rub off all the RIPs from all the graves? I don't think so. Can we go undo the habit people have developed to say RIP? I don't think so. But we can have a better understanding for ourselves and, and not give in to something like that. And when we say things, it needs to mean something and it should be true to its deepest sense. After we die, is it true that we enter into our rest? Is it true that our spirit enters into rest? Yes, it's true. Hebrews talks about that. He says, you have labored, you have, you have worked all your life, works of good works, works of hard works, you have labored. You have paid for sin's uh, uh, dominion over your life, and now God has saved you from the very presence of sin. You see, God has saved us from the penalty of sin at the cross. He saves us from the power of sin during our life, and then he saves us from the presence of sin. When he's saved from the presence of sin, we walk into what God calls us rest. He says, now enter into my rest. Good and faithful servants, enter into my rest. But RIP does not refer to that rest, so I'm not going to give it credit for that. Yes, a believer enters into God's rest, but his, uh, his spirit is not you know, searching through wasteland, finding a place on earth to uh, lay itself down to rest. We immediately walk into God's presence. We immediately enter into his rest. Hebrews, the entire book of Hebrews is all about that. And we immediately walk into the joy of the Lord, enter into the joy of his presence. Then you would wonder, what would we say instead of rest and peace? Well, first you ask, who are you talking to? The dead is gone. If you're talking to people around you, then the scripture says, 
let us not hope blindly. Let us not hope blindly. Let us be uh, uh, let us be aware and encourage one another with these things. So we talk about heaven. We talk about heaven, and we talk about uh, how the person has entered into the glory. To 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 say we are promoted to glory. That's a that's a good one. To say that he was called home. That's a good one. To say we thank God for his life. We celebrate his life, her life, and 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 they are now gone home to be with the Lord. That is correct. Uh, those are the kind of ways we could be accurate to Scripture and accurate to emotions as we comfort those who are dealing with loss. Okay, so let's say I there's a friend who just lost someone. As an immediate response, what is the correct way of texting or when you pick up the phone, what is the right thing to say? Okay, let's get deep into this. This is This is important because now you're talking about the people in front of you who are grieving the loss that's very real and we've been talking about loss as well and uh, and and how to live with that how to grieve loss now usually when somebody loses and i'm going to get to your your question with the answer here but usually when someone loses a loved one they are not so concerned about where they have gone as much as they are concerned with with the fact that they are absent to me so you're dealing with the live person you're not dealing with the person who's gone. You're not saying anything to the person who's gone. So even if you said they, you know, don't worry, they're now in a fairy, uh, uh, you know, fairy house or they're they're on, sitting on a cloud. No matter what you say about where they're gone, they're gone. You see what I'm saying? So leave that alone. Let let God do the resting. Um, the person in front of you has lost a loved one. Now, I have made it a. Uh, a habit because I've had to do a lot of this over the years as a pastor. I have made it a habit to immediately say, "Praise the Lord, praise God for their life." We thank God for Auntie's life, or for Uncle's life, or for your dad's life. We thank God for what an amazing life, what a what a contribution. What I I cannot forget the amazing things that they've taught us, they've loved on us, and you start helping the person focus on what an amazing life or the great things about that person or the dear, dear things about that person and uh, and and also recognize the person's loss. Ah, that must really be hard on you. She was so close to you and uh, this is going to be hard, but we are with you. This is going to be difficult, but we are with you. Focus on the person who's grieving and don't make statements that are beyond your control. You don't even know what tomorrow holds, but you're deciding who goes to heaven and hell. I don't think we should uh, go down that track. Even saying, you know, uh, don't worry, he's in a better place. Now, that better place could be uh, Switzerland for all, you know, we don't, we don't know. So just leave it. Leave eternity and afterlife to God right now. Care for the people who are going through or what they're going through. And I, I, I've done that. I've just made it a habit to just praise, burst into praise and thank God for their life and say, may the Lord comfort you as you grieve their loss. Another term that mostly is affiliated to Christians and Christianity is amen. Now, it totally makes sense when you say that during a prayer or after a prayer is done, or even during you're singing a song or sharing a testimony, etc. But a lot of times... Uh, a lot of people, believers, unbelievers, use this term just to just between like a line, not in the context of prayer or a testimony or a praise. Is that all right? And what would that mean then? Yeah, I know it's funny. We we Christians can come up with all sorts of uh, our own terminology, and we can 
make phrases and words cool or uncool and amen is one of them it's become it's become the word in church you know amen sister amen brother but let's get get into this a little bit because it's it's worthy of it amen is a faith word amen is a faith statement when you have placed your supplications your needs your prayers before god as philippians 4 says when you have placed your your request before the lord he says come unto me all you are weary and heavy laden i will give you rest he says come unto me tell me what your needs are give, give uh, come in you hitherto you have asked nothing in my name ask that you may receive that your joy may be full come ask of me ask of the father and we will that your joy may be full the scriptures are replete with invitations to bring before the lord our request now when i put my request to the lord the bible says this is what your faith condition should be you should ask in faith believing ask in faith believing so when you ask you need to thank god as if it's already done and that's what the word amen or amen means it means so be it so be it let it so let it be which means if i've asked god for a reconciliation in a marriage i've asked god for a healing of the sick and everybody amens that what they are saying is not the modern uh, translation which is oh we agree but let it be done lord we are all in one, in unison all in one heart here we all want the same thing lord let it be done and the scripture says that when when you unite together in prayer the lord moves with the lord moves on the united one voice prayers of the church that's why it's corporate prayer is so important and when we amen that we are all saying my votes in we are all in uh we all want this to happen lord we are all submitting to you does it mean i agree in a sense it means i agree but it means more than that it says lord we are also saying let it be done and the more voices who say amen to the prayer are saying lord it's our prayer too so it's a lot more heavier deeper lovelier than oh i agree which it has now been reduced to so uh, today the big joke even unbelievers and heathen are saying oh amen to that amen to that we can take anything and drag it through the dust and and it loses its value to say amen to say lord let it be and the church that says amen together is a church that has just prayed something that no man can accomplish and is asking god to move on it and that's where uh, amen is at is at its holiest its purest its loveliest in the sound of heaven's ears what should we do with the rest of us who keep saying amen to everything or in a sermon or in a, in a song or in some you know quip or a, or a one liner that a preacher shouts out and everybody says amen I don't know. I don't know what to do about that, but that's not what it means. Great. Those are some good thoughts. Thank you everyone for joining. If you have any such questions, write to us at bscjeremy@gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe and we'll see you in the next podcast.